Hi and welcome back to Well Read Witch where we talk about books and stuff. The and stuff portion usually just involves the movies or the TV shows I watched or the adaptations or anything at all really. Um I like my intro. I like how honest and brutal I'm being on myself for whatever reason. Um yeah. <laughs> uh 30 seconds in this episode and i've already laughed twice i am a wonder i am very much tempted to make a molen reference here which i'm not going to do because my entire personality even though right now might revolve around that show i am not going to let it define me um uh, okay like let's just r- jump right into it the agenda for today's episode will as usually include a reading update this episode will also include my april wrap up um it will talk about a certain huge project penguin audio is doing if you know what i'm talking about the, it's wonderful did you see what they released if you don't know what i'm talking about stick around um i'm also going to talk about the shortlist that was released um by the women's prize for fiction 2022 the shortlist shortlist is out in case you didn't know if you want to go and check it out first you're welcome to um yeah that's pretty much it fair warning i did not really consume uh much media this week mostly because of the fact that i realized that my midterms start from next monday uh and it really just hit me that i should probably start you know studying for an exam like i do study uh but mo- most of that is just casual catching up with what's been done in the class or what not um but to study for an exam i sort of tend to go crazy sometimes uh i'll either study way too much and stop doing everything else or i will procrastinate to the till like the day before the exam and hope i remember everything like this is just nothing in between for me um so i like once it hit me that my midterms were around the corner that i should probably start studying i did the sensible thing and i put my books down i put the put, sort of put everything on the pause for a while um and so not a lot of media consumption happened this week uh, i did start these violent delights by chloe gong got 20 chapters in in a single day and then i had it was on that day when i read 20 chapters in a single setting that i realized that um my midterms were around the corner and i was not studying like i was i was studying but i was not preparing for an exam do you know what i mean like there's a subtle difference not a subtle for me it's huge because i yeah um like i know i should be studying but i was sort of putting it off um because in my brain for whatever reason uh the time like the date was 20 or 22 of april so like i still had 20 days to go um but while reading this book i like once i was done with 20 chapters i decided to log it in in my story graph and my goodreads 
and they told me that it was actually 26th of april which sort of freaked me out and i had to keep it aside i had to keep it like you know on my tv or bedside table for a while it's been there it's patiently waiting for me to come back to it i will probably like especially on the days when i'm just tired of studying i'll probably go back to it um but i read 20 chapters i had forgotten some parts of it but i remembered most of it like i only read this book 6 months ago 6 at maximum 8 9 months ago um and i'm only reading it because i really want to read our violent ends by chloe gong and be done with the duology um and i've heard it hurts like the end of the duology hurts and i don't think i'm emotionally prepared and i don't think i can take the emotional strain of dealing with my midsems as well as reading a book that will probably ask me to put my life on hold because there are some books that do that and you cannot really you know uh, not give them space uh, that being said i've also sort of been feeling a bit exhausted i want to say with my media consumption because like i was yesterday i really wanted to watch something but i was in the mood for nothing uh like i don't know why maybe it's just that my brain knows that i should be studying and i'm not like whenever i'm taking a break my brain is still on study 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 mode uh, anyway like enough of my midsem rambling uh, <laughs> um okay that was the one thing i started uh the other thing i read was the library of babel this week it was read in class uh it was taught like every single line was explained to us by our professor but we also had a lot of room for interpretation and um a professor said that it's a postmodern text and it'll have a lot of ambiguity and like uncertainty around it there will be a certain eeriness attached to postmodernist texts and films or whatever um like the library of babel was written or at least came out in 1941 and which was in the starting years of the second world war and yeah like if you think about the historical context it sort of explains it a lot better like i'm not going to actually go into detail right now about every single line in that text because once again we only just finished it yesterday no the day before yesterday and like it's still i don't think i have fully formed thoughts about it yet but the one thing i did pick up or pick one thing i did uh, re- really pick up on was this fear of infinite was present in this eerie eerie text like the person like the narrator or whoever you want to call like the wh- whoever is you know telling us about this library of babel um 
they have this sort of resigned uh, fear about not being able to explore everything like th- at this like uh, our narrator is very old like we know they are near to death than they are to their you know birth um and uh, like they are they there's this sort of resigned ha huh, i wish i could have done that feeling to it like you can say it's mixed with regret but there's this also a fear of leaving the comfort of your own floors floors is in very huge quotation marks of your area of the library um and like i did sense that it was like this fear of infinite which reminded me of piranesi by susanna clark and i did not see what the hype was about when i first read it because um i am a science fiction fantasy reader so like i really i very early on picked up on the fact that the book was maybe talking like it was either a different universe or it was maybe a parallel timeline like i knew something shady with timelines was going on in that like it was definitely a different dimension that sort of thing i picked up on it very very early on in the book so like when the reveal happened uh i was sort of disappointed that i was right i was really hoping susanna clark would do something that i was not expecting um that being said the book was raved in the bookish community uh i do think if i had not picked up on on the fact that like the world of piranesi is set in a different dimension i would not i would have enjoyed it a lot lot more because if you see it coming uh like that's it that's literally all that happens in that book um there's nothing else to keep you on there's beautiful prose that keep you on the page but like story wise plot wise nothing much happens um that being said uh, piranesi sort of uh dealt with uh the idea or like the sphere of the infinite with the isol the idea with the idea of isolation attached to it uh because our main character in piranesi is stranded in like these hallways uh and like it's an endless space basically and there's this other person that sometimes comes and meets with our main character right so you see a person struggling with the idea of infinite the prospect of infinity uh on a very isolated level and you see the effects that has on our main character like i genuinely speaking after doing the library of babel after discussing it with our class i sort of developed like you know an understanding for piranesi or like i know why i didn't enjoy you but like i also appreciate you know sort of feeling and like in the library of babel uh we know there are other people we know there are huge masses of people but still there is this sense of isolation revolving around you but at the same time you do not lose your sanity you're still sane you still meet people you still talk to them you still uh, there are radical people in the library they have certain different views of the library their 
was ex- there was this one god supposedly godlike person that everyone was finding in the library or had tried to find in the library there was this uh a book that would give you the knowledge of everything and all the time in every dimension and like there were interesting things but again you were not stranded alone in that library you still had people to keep you company uh same thing with in the tall grass it's a 2019 film it was recommended to us by our professor she said to go home and watch it um because like the library and in the tall grass according to her had similar themes and similar vibes the uh movie deals with this field of grass that, that has sort of like it's very it has literally has like very tall grass so like you have people who are like 5 6 and 5 7 losing their ways in the grass that sort of thing um but the timelines are sort of messed up so like you see there's an ambiguity with the timeline stuff uh with uh, past present and future there's this uh like be speaking from a supernatural gothic perspective the grass plays tricks on your mind speaking from a modernist uh, postmodernist uh a very shoddy analysis of the film uh done by me in like literally the last two seconds um the film is sort of like it's a cyclical thing yes the film ends with breaking the cycle um but that being said uh like it according to me it would have been nice if if they would have ended on the implication that now this is what's going to happen for the rest of time um because that would have been a, a much much grimmer note to end the movie on and i don't think uh, the movie makers were too adamant on you know uh ruining people's brain with that uh that being said i'm kind of glad they didn't because it sort of gives hope that when everything is to you know unbearable and uh, dark and like everything is grim or whatever um like miracles can still happen that sort of thing um the library of babel piranesi as well as the film in the tall grass they all have certain elements of religion in them or like the the sort of hint at the presence or absence of god in them uh, the library of babel had like this god like person people were finding god like librarian people were finding people had uh, questions about the existence of library and how it came to be and who collected all these books in the movie in the tall grass uh, there's this one person who outside the field was a very religious person and when they come inside when once they enter the field there is this rock who is like which is supposed to be affecting your brain and this person who was extremely re- religious outside the field sort of ended up giving the position of god in this person's brain to that rock um which was a really eerie thing to witness uh because like 
yeah it was a very eerie thing that was the most eerie thing to witness like the fanaticism like it's okay to be the person was an a normal religious person outside the field and once this person entered the field he became like a fanatic person he like for the rock which which was like a very eerie transformation to see uh i discussed this with my professor and she said that this had to do something this had to do with the lack of faith people were feeling at the time because of the world wars uh like you have to realize that this sort of destruction this sort of c- crimes against each other had never been really committed the world wars happened almost like you know in the same 50 year period and it was a very grim thing to see that we really couldn't um figure out how to so like there was basically a lack there was this position of the world is infinite everything's meaningless so that sort of things were taking over normal human brains and like that's extremely well expressed in all of these texts um but even in piranesi which came out in 2019 i want to say or 2020 i think it was 2020 yeah it was definitely 2020 um you had a similar element i don't remember it distinctly well it's been a while since i read that book uh but as far as i remember there is that sort of uh element of if i can reach there if i can reach this particular corridor if i can do this if i can do that uh i'll probably meet my maker i i can be entirely wrong on this point because i genuinely don't remember the details of that book like piranesi um but yeah like it's it's sort of like you know that like it's sort of connected i want to say like it just connects us as humans uh because library of babel was written by an argentinian person in the tall grass was made by an entirely different person in an entirely different uh circumstance uh that being said they like whoever uh, like in 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 the movie in the tall grass they do refer the name of the short story collection in which the library of babel appeared the garden of foking paths um so i do think the filmmaker was probably inspired by uh the author whose name i'm not going to pronounce because i know i'm going to butcher it um and like and piranesi happened and it was a different author from a different time and probably from a different uh uh you know they had like a different growing up and had different life experiences but like there's this still this thing that connects us to a 1941 short story collection and probably the times um yeah i found that fascinating The next thing I watched 
was the unheard tapes of Marilyn Monroe or like something along those lines it was a very huge name or the title um like even when i was collecting notes for this episode i like i genuinely just wrote the unheard tapes of marilyn monroe um it, it's a movie documentary movie not a docu series um which goes around and like follows this person who interviewed a lot of people uh, regarding the death of monroe uh or like the circumstances of monroe's death or whatever like and like this person interviewed like over 650 people and this person was involved in this project for a lot of a lot like i think 3 years um the way i've forgotten i know this person is named anthony but i don't remember their last names so i'm really sorry Uh, <laughs> you know what wait a second i'll google it just give me a second okay uh the interviews were conducted and like all these tapes were conducted or whatever were done by an anthony summers and they've written a book called goddess i think um in which they talk about all of this stuff but they these un these tapes were never heard by anyone basically is the point of the documentary um and i think the most <laughs> the biggest thing I, i was shocked by from this documentary was the fact that she was married to Arthur Miller at one point like what um I did not expect that at all. Like I know Arthur Miller from like sad plays. <laughs> like I saw all my sons 2019 production which had Sally Field, Jenna Goldman, Colin Morgan um and like and it was a very emotional and moving production and the play was very emotional and moving. Uh it's like it touched very th- so many themes but like i still forgot i wrap my head around the fact that arthur miller was married to monroe at one point um like that was i think the most shocking part of uh the movie to me like i knew about the uh most of the other stuff i like yeah uh but like arthur miller being married to marilyn monroe is something my brain can't process because uh, mr arthur i don't know how to write a comic play miller being married to america's hot heartthrob is like i don't know sounds like the stuff of fan fictions um uh, but it did happen um yeah uh <laughs> like i'm still speechless like i really don't have anything to say about this um <laughs> uh but yeah like i mean it was their life and they did whatever they wanted to do um and yeah okay so like i'm going to stop saying yeah and move on to the next thing on my notebook uh since well i have already yammered about uh there being my midsems i was like we have a paper on modern poetry in which like at least in our syllabi we have if um at least in our curriculum we have to do yeats eliot auden 
and dh lawrence um so i was you know trying to revise stuff trying to find stuff for my essay type answers trying to find quotations and i came across this youtube thing where they were discussing all these poets and um like and it was like a really helpful video series so i'm glad i found it that being said uh <laughs> uh like it i think the video series has expanded like 26 lectures and it 26 lectures and it talked about a lot of modern poets but i only focused mostly on you know uh the poets that were in my syllabus uh there was a specific episode on Ezra Pound which i also watched because we have Ezra Pound's uh the imagist manifesto a few do's and don'ts one in our syllabus but for a different uh paper for our literary uh, literary movements exam um we have to do that and it's a part of modernism right yes um so i watched that episode and like it's the series was sort of connected and like so i it was it didn't make sense to skip out in ezra pound you know um especially after watching the yates lectures when i learned that yates and pound knew each other and pound helped um modernize yates which is just something i was not aware of at all turns out pound involves himself in a lot of stuff pound was working with elliot he was working with um gates he was working with uh, marian dolittle he was working with like marian dolittle's md was done by pound like he he was the one who like you know compressed her name to md imagist um like imagism was done by him we already know that like i already knew that like he was the one who started the movement uh, and like once the movement or like his school of people sort of uh, moved on from him and they tried to involve other people he left the movement altogether and um like this other person sort of took over and uh, pound would go on to say that imagism is no longer imagism it's become amagism now which is like really funny um like it's it's just like uh, the professor who was doing this like teaching this video series or lecture series or whatever you want to call it uh they said that pound had a habit of involving himself in different groups and like involving himself in different people's career like he is the reason we have stevens he is the reason we have williams uh like pound made careers and um like which is just uh really really cool because uh he's the reason uh, we got so many poets he's the reason like so many poets got published so many popular poets now with the uh power of hindsight uh, got published in uh, the poetry magazine it was only because of pound 
and it was like a really cool thing to see i mean uh when you do poetry in school right they don't really tell you that hey these two people were living around the same time so like even the fact that william wordsworth and lord byron and john keats were living at the same time was such a shock to me it was like such a shocking reality these people were alive at the same time they read each other's poetry sort of thing uh but uh like again but with pound i think it's more of a thing of like yeats was not a new poet by the time pound came into scene yeats had been writing for uh like he yeats started in late 19th century and like he had like a long career um but pound was the one who helped modernize yeats like uh ye early yeats poems are about magicalism and real they have stuff of irish culture in them and they focus they they have this you know fairy tale like quality to it a fairy tale like themes to it uh which is fair because like a lot of irish culture do like a lot of myths and legends in irish culture have that in them and like it was only you know fair for yeats to go back to his roots and like whatever uh, so like there was a lot of focus on his irishness um but like by the time pound comes around you see the sudden shift in yeats which is like like he is getting on with the times sort of shift uh ts eliot's the wasteland was edited by and like it, like ezra pound had a lot of say in what line went uh, in and what line didn't uh pound was ex- like such a such an economic writer i want to say such an economic poet uh like we can see that in his uh, imagism manifesto like he does say that be economic uh and be precise with your words like create an image he says that like uh it's better to create one lasting image than uh, not creating then like having thousand lines that don't make any sense and does that doesn't add a pro- that don't make a proper um you know a proper image and stuff um and like he uses the example of william wordsworth to explain that which was really funny because i think my first image the first time i ever formed an image of after reading a poetry was after reading a poetry after reading a poem was by wordsworth's daffodil i still remember i was in 8th class and that line of like dancing daffodils uh, like i still have that same vision every time i read it like it's been i know wordsworth is talking about uh, a field of daffodils right 10000 i saw at a glance um but in my brain for whatever reason he is walking down a barren wasteland and there is a small corner of his trek among the hills uh where we have a, a bo- like a small 
section a small number of daffodils that are dancing along because it's the wind is blowing and like i i know it's a wrong image that comes from the poem but my 8th grade brain uh decided on it and it stayed and like like fa- matter of the fact being that pound is right images are very very lasting uh that being said ezra pound was involved in everything he started so many movements he started so many uh groups but he also left so many of groups and so many of uh like a lot of stuff um pound was american he he went to england and then he went to italy uh like his later years is something i don't want to delve in um but like as much as his influence was in modern poetry but by the end of it where around the time when eliot is becoming like this curator or the taste maker of the century pound is pound sort of loses his life and career as well where like in, he's declared insane and he's sent to and in in he's insti- institutionalized i want to say but i'm not he was institutionalized uh yes like you it's sort of sad to see um this person who sort of made modern poetry happen uh just be probably at their worst by their by the time their life ends you know um so yeah like i i know so many of these people lived and interacted with each other i know so many of these people were around each other they read each other's work they got jealous of each other they got proud of each other they helped each other but like it still shocks me sometimes that uh see alan ginsberg and jack caruac were friends and stuff like i like yeah like, <laughs> uh yeah it's it's just sort of a, i don't know why it shocks me even now but it does but like what can you do um what did we get anything else this week yeah uh, oh yes uh, i don't know if you've heard about this or not um this was the thing i was talking about in the agenda of the podcast uh penguin audio is doing a very ambitious project uh they have taken the 42 books in discworld by terry pratchett the discworld universe by terry pratchett and they are doing audio books of them all they have different um actors voice actors um professionals on this project it's a very huge and ambitious project um and i think they're going to release these audiobooks in batches like uh the witches series will be released separately the wizard series will be released separately the death series will be released separately and on 28th of april i want to say like yeah it was 28th of april we got like a 24 minute documentary where they described all uh like how the project came to be who reached out to who um what are the act- what do the actors think of the books and the audio project and everything and um 
it like i haven't read a single book in the disc world series simply because of the fact that it was it's such a huge expanse expanded universe that like it's sort of intimidating to commit to it um that being said on terry's website they they have mentioned ways to explore disc world like you don't re- really need to read it in an order you can read it by different series or by different uh, characters uh, like there are books there are witches books there are wizards books there are uh, the city watch books i want to say there are the death books um the only work I've, i do i have read of terry is is like was the collaboration between gaiman and pratchett uh, godomans um and that book changed my life so i have been thinking about starting discworld but i just you know it's it is sort of sort of intimidating for me to start like this huge ass project on my own uh especially since like we didn't really have audiobooks prior to penguin audio doing this so like really genuinely thankful that penguin audio is doing this i will link down the documentary in the description so you can go and watch it if you want to it's a really good documentary it not only do you get an insight on like uh pratchett's world and like how fascinated these people are and like how passionate these people are like the actors the producer the penguin audio people the rob who runs terry's literary estate um they are really passionate about disc world and they are really passionate about um this project as well um it's it's really cool that this is happening and i really do hope that it's successful because a lot of people are putting a lot of their heart and soul into it um yeah yeah that rob in the documentary says if you haven't read a single disc world book I am jealous of you and uh <laughs> yeah it was sort of like oh moment for me uh because I haven't read it it genuinely just intimidates me and I know uh like the disc world is sort of divided into smaller sections and which are easily manageable but I do think I'll probably wait for all the audiobooks to be out to start or I don't know really just depends on my mood um once again i have been thinking about reading wheel of time by robert jordan uh once every 6 months i sort of feel this very passionate and urgent re- need to read the wheel of time series and i never do anything about it <laughs> and like yeah <laughs> and the feeling passes and the moment loses and then i have a lot of assignments to go through then i have a lot of stuff to do um so i just never go around to it that being said i, I don't know like it's if discworld is a huge commitment with 42 books um wheel of time is a 14 book long saga but like the thing is with wheel of time you'll probably have to read all these books to understand everything but with discworld you can read like you know three books and be done with it um so like it's really just up to you like yeah um yeah 
I don't know if I'll ever pick up Wheel of Time or it'll just be like an urge to do something for like I don't know the next ten years when I after which I finally gave finally give in and pick up the series. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I ended up watching like an hour long video yesterday where they criticized the. the amazon adaptation of wheel of time and like which made me want to read books once again and <laughs> and then i realized that i always sort of tend to pick up these huge chunkers or start these huge projects around the time my exams start like i don't know why i do that i don't know if it's a self sabotage thing or whatever but like i do have this tendency of starting things or like fan uh, going crazy or obsessing over stuff in order to distract myself from my exams oh my god i'm losing my voice <laughs> um the last thing we had on agenda was the fact that women's prize for fiction released their 2022 shortlist i was really intrigued by the long list not as much as i was last time um last time i think i got too much into literary fiction prizes and shortlists and longlists so and like after the award season was over i realized or maybe it was burnout maybe it was just a random realization or whatever uh, that i really don't want to read literary fiction anymore like i don't know why me i think i realized that I only follow these prizes or I only try to make predictions because all of my reader friends do and I don't want to feel left out of the conversation and I don't want to you know like I want to have something that I can discuss it uh, discuss with them and this feels perfect because most of them do read literary fiction and stuff uh this time however I'm not I wasn't I really didn't care about uh the international in the international long list and short list as well uh, apart from the fact that a hindi translated book was like included in the short list um that was like a really good thing that, that, that this is the first time a hindi translated book got short listed or even long listed i think in the international book prize so that was that was the only highlight i i haven't paid any attention to any of the rest of the books oh the hindi translated book was um tombs of sand um that being said like i really if you asked me what was the shortlist of the international booker prize this year i have no idea like i only know the tombs of sand is shortlisted and that's it like i genuinely don't know anything else um same thing with women women's prize for fiction i checked out the longlist last week <laughs> because i knew shortlist was going to come to uh, like on 24th of april i was like ah, like let's just check out what was the longlist you know um there were a few familiar faces uh in the longlist uh, build your house around the body i don't know how i found that book um but i like I had had that book in my uh, wish list for a long time and uh, I never really got around to picking up 
picking it up but like um i saw it in its early days so like i knew that book uh, i knew ali shafak's book i knew great circle by maggie shipstead uh in the long list um because of the fact that it got um long listed or maybe short listed it was involved in the man book prize last year okay um i had heard about the book of form and emptiness um and that was pretty much all i knew uh the short list is the sentence the great circle the book of form and emptiness sorrow and bliss the island of missing trees the bread the devil need um i'm not going to say the author's names because i know i'm probably going to butcher them i will link the announcement video by the women's prize organization in the description so you can go and watch it for yourself that being said the most intriguing one of the shortlist for me is great circle because like i already know the concept and i do think it got snubbed last year at uh, the man booker's prize like i was rooting for great circle to win to be honest um it didn't win and yeah um the bread the bread the devil need it's not n double e d need it's n w uh, w what it's k n e a d need which sounds interesting why is the devil needing bread is the devil needing uh, like i really don't know anything about this book but i'm like so intrigued by the title of the book alone i did want to read the book of form and emptiness when it came around like when it got when it was released when it came around um and i am excited by it i'll probably read great circle once again sorrow and bliss seems like a short book so i'll probably get through it i'm not going to read the island of missing trees uh because like I, i don't know uh the other one is the sentence again this title sounds intriguing but i really didn't check out what these most of these books were about um and i'm going to go in them blind because once i know the description of what the book is about my expectations skyrocket and like yes yeah. <laughs> like i get really excited about a certain concept and when it's not executed properly i get so disappointed i don't want to put myself through that okay uh uh there i do want to say that it's just my personal thing that i don't really follow book prizes anymore especially in literary fiction genre um because i found that i really like reading adult fantasy and sci-fi stuff uh like red poppy was really enjoyed it read a bunch of fantasy books in these past 8 9 months and i've like really been enjoying them so that's good finally found my genre i guess um uh i'm waiting on my jade legacy copy and once i once i do have that i'll probably read the green bone saga finally um everyone keeps raving about it but i don't want to read 
I don't want to start reading the books until and unless I have like the entire trilogy in my in like a physical form and stuff. And so I'm really excited to get to that, um, which won't be happening. I think at least until I'm done with my midterms. That being said, probably in all likeliness, next week's episode will be a deep dive on whatever I am being confused by in the preparation of my exams. uh like letting you all know beforehand because yeah uh <laughs> like i know i'm not going to be able to read or watch anything substantial or like a huge amount of stuff this week so like giving you all a fair warning and yeah i'll see you all next week hope you have a great week ahead Well read which is available everywhere you get your podcasts leave a review share it with your friends have a lovely day